0: We still do 7 NUFC Matters show a week for free. But if you want to help support NUFC Matters, then there are a few ways of doing it. Hit the like button on each live broadcasting video. This helps the channel grow. Hit the subscribe button and select the all notifications bell so you don't miss a single show. If you want to help us financially, then you can join the channel using this button with the membership starting at $1.99 a month. or You can drop us a donation in the chat using a super sticker. We're also looking for sponsors. If you'd like your brand advertised on the flies for the show and featured during the ad break, then email john at nufcmatters.com to arrange today. Welcome along to NUFC Matters, with me, Steve Wraith, and it is a big welcome to the two legends, and I'm going to get right in the middle of them, uh, John Gibson and Super Mac. How are you, lads?
1: All right. Are you keeping us apart, Steve?
0: I'm keeping you apart. So <laughs> I'm refereeing the game today. Uh, this is this is a pre-recorded show, uh, as I am working away this week, so um, we did put a request out for questions, uh, and we've got some really good ones. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through uh, the situation with Tonali first, then I'll come to the questions Then we're going to look ahead to the two games coming up, Arsenal at home and Borussia Dortmund away in the Champions League. So, uh, Tonali, first of all, Malcolm, um, he got his ban. Um, I think he got off lately. What do you think?
1: Um, Yes, I think, though, um, that it was light uh, uh, because he was was very, very helpful um, and just totally fessed up. Uh, and um and so i i think that they um that, that, uh, it's almost as if they, they took pity on him i think it was the minimum sentence that they could give him really um under the circumstances um ivan tony uh he he was punished a little bit further because he 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 didn't come up front with everything um uh, but but also i i do think that he was very, very wise, Nali to do so, because it means that, unlike Tony, he's not totally excluded until six weeks before the end of the uh, of the ban. That he can continue training with all of with with the players. The, the, the club are organising um, friendly matches behind closed doors for him to to keep playing. So. Um, that's good that really is um there there is nothing worse than being isolated as a footballer and probably as many many other things um but as a footballer it, it's uh you know when when you've got to do the slog of, of that keeps you fit and uh and it's far better when you're doing it with others around you that you've got company in it. Um, if, if you're on your own, ooh, it is, it's a grind and it's difficult, very difficult
0: John, it's a, it's a punishment, he's going to have to serve <laughs> Nothing Newcastle United, unfortunately, can, uh, can do about it So, you know, we've just got to get on with it um, But, yeah, what was your take on this situation?
2: Yeah, I think he got off very lightly from his point of view <coughs> Very harshly from Newcastle United's point of view i have sympathy with sandro because anybody with an addiction it's not a a simple matter it's a tough matter it's a heck of a fight to overcome it etc cetera, etc cetera. but i've got more sympathy for newcastle you know and people are forgetting about newcastle here this is absolutely not of their doing and um, they were sold this guy for the second highest fee they've ever paid in 130 year history. And now they've got to take the brunt of the 10-month ban Where they can't play their huge import at 55 million It is very, very tough for the club Uh, Of course it's tough for Sando, But of course, if you do the crime, you've got to stand the punishment And, um, you know, that's the fact of life Um, He'll get over it because he's only 23 if he had been 29 or 30 you yeah. would you would have said quite take a year out of somebody's career at 30 year old and um, you know you're putting them on this slippery slope downwards mm-hmm. but at 23 he comes back at 24 he's still got the bulk of his career ahead of him in time wise how quickly he'll get up to speed etc etc we'll find out but um in a way, you know, I'm just glad it's all come to a head. We know where we are, and we can get on with football life in the meantime. And he can get on counting the clock down to to when he starts playing properly again. But uh, it's been a sorry state of affairs. It's been an absolute sledgehammer for Newcastle and for him because he obviously thought, you know, that he would either a done nothing wrong or b wasn't going to be found out. But um, it is a sledgehammer. There's no question. And especially funny enough, when you've just bought a broke in, if it was somebody that was there for life, and it happened, well, you'd say, well, should we have known about it as a club and helped before it got to this stage, etc. But from Newcastle United's point of view, it's happened within within half a dozen games of if the guy signing, so it's tough, it's tough. But at sure. least we can get on with it now because the sooner. Newcastle United, with utmost respect to Sandro, can forget about that, <coughs> put it in a box over on their side, and get on with the, um, <coughs> the Champions League and the Premier League and start building their side up. Look to get somebody in in January. Maybe he's on a loan basis to see us out in that midfield yeah. till the end of the year.
1: But we've got to get back on track and back on life. And at least we know where we are. Do you not get the impression, John, that that, that obviously AC Milan knew um, that that this was going to be an upcoming problem for them, and so they they sought to deal with it very quickly by actually letting him go um, in a transfer, and uh, and Newcastle <laughs> they're the suckers who who f- fell for the. Um, for the sordid plan I mean um, the Italians I, I really am surprised John really surprised that the Italian authorities who were investigating him didn't make contact with the Football Association or with the Premier League and just say we're investigating this player we need to we feel we need to warn you
2: I can, I can follow that thinking <coughs> totally, and I think a lot of Newcastle fans have queried the situation. I've mm-hmm. certainly spoken to other top ex-players like Malcolm who are convinced that, that there is something in that and that yeah. it, it is all very suspicious, etc., etc. The trouble is, legally, it's a minefield because yep. any any accusation you make has got to be proved proving that somebody knows something you know can i prove that you steve or you malcolm mcdonald know exactly a b c d on something else totally different i yeah. couldn't prove that even though i suspect it's true and it is very very difficult and where you're going into a minefield here i'm talking about uh, newcastle united or the football authorities anything. sitting out there are to lawyers the the italian fa lawyers they AC milan lawyers and if you say
1: the football
2: well yeah yeah but i meant on the other side of the fence if mm-hmm. you were following mm-hmm. this story sure. this, uh, this suggestion the people knew they're sitting outside there, and if you put a comma wrong in your speech, they'll have you sued before your mm. feet can touch mm. the ground. So it is of course Newcastle United are looking into the situation. No doubt, AC Milan and, and Sanders people are looking into the situation. Sure, and AC it. Milan
1: a Jew here in a few weeks' time, the last they are. The last game of the Champions League um, uh, In this particular round uh, What do you think the atmosphere will be?
2: (laughs) Oh, I mean, yes The the atmosphere in the boardroom will be a lot colder (laughs) Than it will be on the pitch Um, And I think there's absolutely no question No question about that But really, we've just got to and also the danger we've got as a threesome And all the 50,000 fans that go to every home game We don't know all the facts Whatever we think we know or we don't know or whatever We don't know the facts in detail Newcastle United do um, AC Milan do And the two of his do but of course it's not been aired in public so we've all got to be very careful but it, it leaves an awful taste in the mouth and it's an awful sadness isn't yeah. it i just wish the young man hadn't got caught up it it is often the case guys isn't it and um, you know footballers have an awful lot of time on their hands if you train 2 hours say 10 to 12 in the morning mm. all the rest of the days you're old. now if you're single or if you're not a married man with kids and you've got too much time with too little to do and these days more than in malcolm's days far too much money you yes. know you can do any so what do you do you end up going on your computer onto a, a show and sticking bets on her it used to be in our days that perhaps it was alcohol or girls that was the problem Nowadays, the problem can be gambling or it can be drugs or But there's always a problem And there always will be And as long as you only work two days a week uh, Two days, uh, sorry, two hours a day There's far too much time on your hands And young men fall into temptation Old men do as well, by the way But young men <laughs> do
1: it <more> <laughs> You speak for yourself, Mr Gibson <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, so it's a problem for football And there, there always is There's a new set of problems. But even gambling is not a new problem If you go back to, to Stan Bowles yeah. And Paul Merson And uh, we've had Joey Barton Up here And uh, uh, Michael Chopra and It's different now though Because you're told now within football What you can do and can't do You weren't told then They put bets on Two flies crawling up a window Which will get to the job first I mean, you know, it was just You bet, but now You can't bet on games You can't do this, you can't do that You know the rules, there was no rules then You know the rules And if you step over the line Like Tony or like Sandro Or like a hundred of those have uh, Then you're going to be in danger Of being caught and being hammered You didn't used to get suspended over Um over betting, as uh, Stan Bulls would never have played a game of football in his life after
1: the first. Yes. In his yeah. life. But but um, you, you've got, you must know that uh, that the betting situation over in Italy is, is is much more limited to what it is here. Um, oh, uh, in, yeah. was all, he, he was betting on illegal gaming sites. Yeah. You know, it, it's just not allowed. it. it, it it's pretty much government controlled. Um, you know, with the, the, the you, you can only better, um, uh, at the race tracks, for example. Um, yeah. It, it, so, uh, so of course, betting, um, is, is widely illegal over there. Yeah.
0: What's your, what's your thoughts on this comment by Guy George? He says, Tenali's gambling was not illegal. He didn't bring the game into disrepute. There was no conflict of interest. Fans in the club suffer from bans, not just the player. The game is sponsored by betting companies. Players' careers are short, especially their peak years. It's time to stop the hypocrisy and stop banning players who are addicted to gambling. It's 2023. That's not how we do things. They need help, not bans. Do you like to agree?
1: Who is in that contradiction
0: just a, a guy who sent a message on on Twitter well, um, when we asked I, I'm, with you,
1: I'm with you one of the fans so. But Tanali yeah. was betting on AC Milan and okay. their results that he was
2: also, he was also betting on an illegal site so yes that's it is an illegal action once you
1: yes, do an illegal activity but but you know it, it is an absolute no-no. That a footballer bet on on the matches that he's involved in
2: Absolute
1: no-no It is harsh,
2: it is a different world these days Etc, etc But, you know I don't want to appear to be too hard on Tonali Because that isn't my point And I've got a lot of sympathy for him but if you are going to make a fortune for playing football and kicking the football round And I'm talking about a fortune these days that people like mm-hmm. I and, and you, Steve and, and you, Malcolm, couldn't even dream of making mm-hmm. the number, the amount of money in a week Then you you must sacrifice something in your life for in return for getting that money And if it means you don't gamble I mean when you start playing, I don't mean once you're addicted when, if you start playing Then you've got to accept that rules To get the pot, the pot of gold Because the pot of gold is given Only if you do the following things um, So it, it is difficult I do follow the guy uh, What the guy is saying there and Yes people do need help More than um, criticism or, or whatever When you reach Sandro's position But what we've also got to do Is And that's what the authorities are trying to do is put tonali and tony and everybody up as an example not only persecuting them but saying to young players don't fall into this trap because if you do this is what will happen to you and they're trying to because if you don't do that you're giving everybody carte blanche to bet on everything, to do this, to do that. If you don't give any penalties, and really part of what they're doing with the players of today is trying to deter the players of tomorrow sure. by looking at it and saying, "Oh, we're not going to get away with this. We're not going to fall into that trap." That is what it is—a very emotive, uh, emotive subject. It certainly
1: is, John um and um and the problem has existed for many decades and in and in fact uh, uh, younger people um joining us on on um, on Football matters they probably are not aware but back in the i think it was the late nineteen fifties early sixties that there were that um there was the sheffield wednesday um a, a situation um and um England internationals got but got barred for life they didn't mess around back then they have been betting on on their own clubs results and uh, um I, I think kay was one Swan, um, Swan, Swan uh, yes
2: if you the big difference mark i mean we, we should stress this again because we're walking through a league of minefield the mm. big difference was those boys bet on their own team to lose. To lose, yes. They were thrown the match. And they played in the game and they yes. were thrown the match to me. And that is a hell of a lot of difference mm. to what's happened to Denali, man. Yeah, that's he the greatest won. no-no,
1: isn't it?
2: Yeah, but he in no way, and we must stress this, in no way was he betting on his sides to lose. These yeah. guys were throwing matches.
0: Okay, let's move on. We've uh, covered that, I think, uh, very well, and uh, always uh, treading on legal minefields with stuff like that. But we've, uh, we've, I think we've caught well on any UFC matters over the last couple of weeks. We wish Tanali all the best and hope he gets the treatment yeah. he needs and, and is back in a black and white shirt in 10 months' time, uh, wanting Absolutely. to prove everybody. Um, you know how good a player he is So uh, that's that's where we are with that Okay we did ask for questions uh, We have got quite a few uh, decent ones uh, Which we can go through uh, The Dortmund game um, last week uh, There was a lot of uh, banging going on It was drums at the ground And it, it seemed to split A lot of Newcastle of fans' opinions Some people loved it Other people hated it Ron Turner asks Do you think it would be a good idea To create war drums it would help enhance a fantastic atmosphere. Now, my answer to this, guys, would be very simple. I don't mind a drum as long as I'm not sitting next to the person banging it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, is, yeah. that your, is that your opinion, Malcolm?
1: Uh, yes. Um, uh, the, the English club that, um, that has for decades um, had, a, uh, had a drummer uh, creating the beat for, for everything else going on was at QPR. Loftus Road, and uh, he, and it, it the fella just banged all the way through the through the game. Um, and to be honest, I found it it soon became very boring, very boring there, indeed. There was a,
2: there was a big fat guy wasn't there as well. Malcolm at Portsmouth yeah. on the terraces, they had a huge yes, him, and he was banging on a drum. Mind mm-hmm. you, there wasn't one. Fat guy banging on a drum At uh, St. James's Park There was. A, it seemed as if every one of the 3000 seemed to have a drum yeah. The noise was that incessant As a one-off I found it quite um, Mesmerising Irritating yeah. because we were getting beat But it was mesmerising What I'm not looking forward to Exactly but what I'm going to be Intrigued about Is what noises created In Dortmund when we when we're just about to play there, you know, yes. if three thousand did that at Newcastle, and there's twenty five thousand on one terrace, it yes. which was twenty five thousand, the the yellow wall, and um, a, a couple of the legendary um, Bayern Munich players of the past were interviewed before they were going to Dortmund, and they said. You know what do you um, worry about when you go to Dortmund? Is it the high pressing? Is it the enthusiasm? Is it the fitness? Is it the tactical nous? And the fella said, "No, it's the yellow wall that terrifies me," and and that's the noise of the the thousands upon thousands. I mean, they are the the equivalent to us in Germany. The fans make. Their club Um, And it's going to be Very interesting out there To hear this sort of noise I mean we've got a big enough task out there (coughs) Excuse me With the way they played here But we've got to face the yellow wall As well which is quite Intimidating because I felt Paris Saint-Germain Found the St James's Park crowd intimidating Because I had no idea it was going to be like that and, and they were swept away by our crowd. And we've got to make certain we aren't swept away by their crowd in Dortmund. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: OK, uh, we'll move on to this next question. And this one's from Alastair McKillop. He says, is the current squad big enough to cope uh, over uh, a League and Champions League campaign? None. And where would you strengthen? Are there any players that come to mind?
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> I think... What you've got to do
1: is look at the look at the most experienced of late side that's uh, in the Champions League, and that's Manchester City. They've been in it conse- in consecutive years for for a, a decade or more. They can put out two separate first teams. That's the quality that they have. They. 22 players, and there are more um, apart from those 24. And so Newcastle, they couldn't put out two sides, nowhere near it, nowhere near it. And and they certainly wouldn't be on equal standing as Manchester City are. And so Manchester City, they can play one game on a Saturday, sorry, one team in their Saturday game, and then Champions League on the Wednesday, they can put eleven different players out, and it doesn't make a great deal of difference when if they we, do
2: that. I mean, Malcolm's right here, that we aren't at all anywhere near strong enough, no. and we found that out after the Dortmund home game with the injuries we had mm-hmm. and the spent suspension that was immediately coming up with Tenali. And they worry of suspension with Bruno Um, We are well short In certain positions, we're not badly off But we are hugely exposed in other positions Like the right-sided centre-half, no particular cover Um, Like it's centre-forward with two guys, Callum Wilson and Isaac. Who have had a lot of injury problems at Newcastle. Isaac has as well as Wilson, although Wilson's more fragile over the left. But Isaac's had a lot of injury problems at Newcastle. And then what happens about center forward? And we are very, very short, um, and that takes time to build up. The only criticism I would give, and I did mention it on this podcast recently, (coughs) is that. And I said it at the time. This is not hindsight. I did say it at the time. I wasn't certain last summer we needed to spend something like seventy million pounds on two cover fullbacks. Yeah. And, and and we did. And I think, may I add straight away, I think Livermanco and Hall are quality players, quality kids, and will give this club undying and very, very good service. But other what we need now, or could we have spent better in a midfield position, a centre forward position, mm-hmm. a right-sided centre half position yeah. that was more pressing? Now we spent a lot of money this summer on two cover fullbacks.
1: Yeah, well, and John, if you remember back in the um, in the seventies when I was playing, Newcastle they had uh we we used to play with a with a tiny squad. It was a, literally a squad of thirteen yeah um uh, and and one of the additional players was a goalkeeper um and and so it was it was very tight back then, albeit there was only one sub in those days. but in that thirteen we had three forwards, Newcastle right now I've only got two yep. Yeah oh and And i always thought that we were somewhat short back then with three um and and to have only two it's um well it's almost verging on the suicidal yeah i think that we and we're finding that problem at its worst this weekend yeah, yeah. Oh, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it, obviously,
0: obviously, this show, this show isn't going out till Thursday, so we'll have already played the game against Wolves. But the the squad is weaker, lads, at this moment yeah. in time because of the injuries. We've got Jacob Murphy, who, um, you know, mm-hmm. has, has got a shoulder injury. Uh, you know, whether he has surgery on that or not will dictate how long he's out. He could yeah, decide to, nasty could, could, injuries. He could decide to play with that and mm-hmm. and and you know then suffer potentially another dislocation. Isaac is, is allegedly going to be out for potentially up to the international break, which means he's going to yes. miss the next few games. Um, obviously, we've got long-term injury to, to Harvey Barnes. We've got Sven Botman, who, you know, is he's getting closer, but he's not training on grass at the moment. So he's mm-hmm. at least another couple of weeks away. Um, Elliot Anderson woke up after the Crystal Palace game uh, with a bad back. He's out for eight weeks. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's really, really hit us across the middle. Uh, that's the problem that's the problem and,
2: the and, problem, tenali, and tenali, of course and, and no tenali, of, yeah.
1: yes yes and, it, it But also really... wilson you know is is wilson capable of doing 90 minutes unlikely but even more unlikely is that he can do two 90 minutes in a week I
2: mean, yeah, but he's been eight.
1: asked to do, he's
2: been asked to do more than that, he's been asked to do about five or six in a fortnight Yes, if one season's not available, and then, then that's right. It, it yeah. is tough. It is tough.
0: It is. It's tough. a big, okay. a big, blow, big blow for Anderson, I'm afraid, because of you know the fact that this is but, a breakthrough season for him, and it's such a big blow but, for him. But
1: but I really do feel very strongly that um, the footballing authorities they bring in this um, financial fair play, and and they they read. Um, they limit you in the transfer market and what have you. Newcastle have been have, have been extremely limited, and yet they've qualified for the Champions League, and uh, and these authorities have still applied the bar on, on on Newcastle as to what they can do in the transfer market without using their nails and saying, "Well, hang on, in the transfer market, you you need to." Uh, you need to to get a much bigger playing squad and so um and and so we we we're, we're sort of lifting the um the bar um for Newcastle under because these are um special circumstances but they haven't done it they don't even think that way well what are, if they're not thinking about the sport itself what are they doing there Making rules within
2: it. Thank you. If if they lifted the bar for us, Malcolm, you could imagine what Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester United—they oh, you know, would, would go quackers, because yeah, they go quackers anyway. Not, yes. But, and secondly, and secondly, Malcolm, would they lift the bar for a club? That is being taken over by the Saudis with their unlimited wealth, because there's, well, a, sure. there's an
1: anti feeling about that, of course. Sure, but from a professional basis, no matter, no, no not even considering um, the, the the nationality of, of ownership, um, that that Newcastle United are desperately short of players with everybody fit, and that and 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 you you, you, this ffp was brought in quite recently so manchester city already had two first teams in their squad they already had it when it came in so it didn't really affect them in any way it hasn't affected liverpool that much But, but it is certainly not only affecting newcastle it's hindering them
0: badly Yep, it is. Okay, we're halfway through the show. Time for an ad break. A big thanks to all our sponsors. Skips and Bins. Telephone 0800 25 45 25 3. Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Thanks to Mr Vicky Sorters, Handmade in Cumbria. You can find out more about them from their website, mrvickys.co.uk or by calling 01768- Two one zero one zero two. Thanks to Media Arts for all the help with the video side of things. And thanks to United Group Travel, UK coach holiday firm based in Mortmouth. There's no strangers on there to us, just people you haven't met yet. They're now taking bookings for 2024. You can call 01670 632 460, 0791 666 4174, or 07957. One four one six five four, or go to the website unitedgrouptravel.com. Please subscribe to the channel. Hit the subscribe button underneath the video today. We still do seven shows a week. Hit the thumb up under the video to like it. It does us a big favor. Click share to share to your other social media and let people know about NUFc matters. We're also a podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcast providers. If you want to help the show financially, you can take out a £25 one-off membership. You get a scarf, a pen, a cup, and a membership card. How do you get it? Go to nufcmatters.com, look for membership. If you've got a smartphone, then put your smartphone over the QR code, and it will take you straight to that section on the website. We also support the food bank on this channel. You can donate to the food bank today by going to NUFC Fans Food Bank, dot uk we do support events on this channel as well if you've got an event please send it in and we'll promote it the time theater and opera house are doing a keegan Beardsley, and waddle event the class of 84 25th of january 2024 book now by calling 08 double four 249 1000 and the tineside irish center they're doing an event with frank clark and john gibson on thursday december the seventh. You can get tickets from nufcmatters.com and they are priced at £15. There's also some uh, tickets available on Groupon. Don't forget, you can catch me five days a week, Monday to Friday, with Rye, Dave, and Daz on the Northeast Footy Brightly Show, 7 till 9. And you can catch us on The Red, The Tune, and The Cat, and on Toon Radio's website. What's up us on the day you 043 2002? The perfect way to start your day. Okay, welcome back to NUFC Matters. It's a pre recorded show today. Uh, Stephen Durham uh, asked Malcolm, if you could play in any Newcastle team other than the one that you played in, which one would it be and why? And how many goals do you think you could have scored in the team that you pick? <laughs>
2: well well um, the truth the truth is Malcolm wants to play in any Mike
1: Ashley side. <laughs> oh,
0: oh. oh dear me. Um
1: I I I think quite obviously it would be the um the Keegan era. Um the entertainers in the entertainers, yes, absolutely. Um and uh, uh but they, they, they had brilliant goal scorers in that side already. Um, so, I would have been just a, a bit of overload, I think, on that. Uh, but can, can you imagine,
2: Steve, uh, Supermark and Shearer would be the twin centre-forwards and uh, that could be frightening. hundred percent. Eh, oh, and, and if you put Malcolm's pace next to what... Um, Shearer could do as the bulldog centre forward. Yes, it would be a lovely comparison. Yeah, and a would, lot of people. Would I think it works. That you know.
1: Yeah, I. A lot of people have said to me, "Oh, you, you, you could never have played with Shearer," and I say, "No, I've, he's one player I could have played with. That's Absolutely. for sure."
2: Yeah, you, you played with John Tudor, who was mm. who in other clubs was being out and out centre forward. You know, it, it, it yes. should Sheffield United or Coventry or whatever And uh, that worked an absolute treat And if you took your pace uh, alongside what everything that Shearer had The combination, mm. because the one thing Alan didn't have was pace And oh, if the well, fella alongside him's got pace To get yeah. on to anything, then you're in heaven
1: And, and considering all that Alan Shearer did have dear me if he had had pace on top of that oh dear me you can't be that greedy it would be frightening yeah you
2: can't be that greedy he would have been a Ballon d'Or winner if he'd had pace on top of that yes
1: yes but then then he 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 was always able to make himself space yes for sure Mm -hmm. yeah
2: yeah and and was very strong Malcolm which is oh physically strong, strong Mm, yeah. and everybody used to say malcolm you know everybody and and i was the same and steve would be as a fan around the time his nickname was big al stand mm. next to him he's not big at all it's no like you're not. not you're not big in terms of height yep you, you were broad malcolm and so was mm. Sheila, uh, broad yeah. and strong but not tall i mean dan byrne would have made the two you look like a couple of pygmies.
0: I love it Uh, Let's see what other questions we've got Uh, We've got one or two Uh, Could you see Bruno Leaving Newcastle says Mikey Walker He doesn't expand on his question Lads but um, I think You know with regards to Bruno um, Obviously we know That he signed his new contract Uh, We believe there could be some kind of Release clause in there We know he's ambitious um, as well But could you see him leaving in the near future lads
1: yeah, um, no signing is forever, um, and uh, and Eddie Howe might well say, you know, if it, if if a, a huge offer for Bruno came in, Eddie Howe might say, yeah, but for that kind of money, I could bring in this, this guy, that guy, and 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 a couple of others, um, which which would outweigh. For the first team, what um, what what the individual Bruno does, and and so yeah, that's why the transfer market is there. Um, it's it's to look for constant improvement, and sometimes you have to let let go a um, a real good top player, but you but you you're generally um, strengthening by the money you get.
2: I mean, that's an interesting thought, what Malcolm's saying there. And, of course, as Malcolm has said, no transfer is forever. It really, mm. really is, and players move on. And, you know, one of the simple answers, generalisation, rather than the case of Bruno himself, is did people ever think that Harry Kane would leave Tottenham Hotspur? It was one of their own. I mean, yes. Bruno is a Brazilian. They only discovered Newcastle when he was transferred here. Harry Kane was one of their own, but if you if you're a superstar player and your club doesn't start winning things and Spurs didn't, and you get to 28, you're thinking, I've got to move on or I'm not going to win something. I mean, Harry Kane only went to Bayern Munich because he was he's virtually guaranteed winning the Bundesliga a few times over there and perhaps winning the Champions League. So yes. he left and that proves anybody can leave. And by the way, the second point that Malcolm made, which is you sometimes let a good player go and you use the money in you spurs at this moment and i'm waiting for the bubble to burst Mm -hmm. but at this moment don't seem weaker when they when you go top of the league you don't seem weaker than you were before and nobody thought we would ever say that tottenham would be perhaps stronger immediately after harry left but they, they they have appeared that way i mean i must hasten to add in saying all this that my belief on bruno in the near future not the long term is that if newcastle get the success that the owners are demanding that how wants and we all want then he won't leave because if we start if we start winning trophies he's so in love with this city have discovered it and so in love with the fans that if we start winning things Then Bruno will be more than happy to play with fifty two thousand if fifty thousand chant his name regularly. And these days of chanting names. They're not like the old days with Malcolm, where you know, chanting about Super Mac or chanting about Hibby was second nature. That's what they didn't beat drums in those days. They chanted names, and and they don't do that so much now. But they do for Bruno. So if we win things, he won't dream of of leaving. But if we're not winning things in Real Madrid or Barcelona, slap some money on the table with all the charisma those clubs
1: have got. Did it,
2: does he say, I don't want to go? Well, John, it,
1: yeah. Yeah, I, it's football. this was the point that I was going to raise, um, that uh, that Real Madrid, um, there's a story in a newspaper that says Real Madrid um, have, have got their hearts set on, on Bruno from Newcastle United. His head's turned. Totally, yes. Yeah. You know, oh. This All is of the time, is. everything that you said about how bruno's enjoying it here of course he's the it's turn. and yep. it's and it, it's the mental impact that that has as well i've seen players so many times because there's been a story in the newspaper of a big a really big club interested in the player that the the, the players form suddenly plummets i mean we've also
2: got to remember guys That Manchester City have proved as life after superstars. They sold, they allowed Aguero to go, they allowed Mores to go, they they allowed Silva to go, Uh, Touré. Uh, went and, and, and then retired They threw out Joe Hart the England, When he was the England goalkeeper uh, And they still went on And won every Premier League title That's there And then ended up with Europe And it won a, a barrel load of League Cups as well uh, I mean They're an example Of um, You know A team exists after superstars And superstars on first And by the way Ferguson if you go back far enough Did that with Manchester United Yes, Van Nistelrooy was thrown out. Dwight yeah. York was thrown out. Beckham was thrown out, um, uh, and you can go yes, on, but, and on and on and on. But in he, his yes, early
1: days, John, he created superstars. He oh, wasn't. But, but he,
2: then, he then he then did yes. But then when the, if he felt the superstars got over big or whatever, mm. out they went out Move the went, and he bought yeah. he bought brilliantly or brought kids through because. The manager was, was bigger than the players And Pep's probably bigger than the Man City players If you know what I mean yes. But the club, it is possible And I hasten to add I'm not laying ground for Bruno to leave Newcastle I'm just saying football evolves that way It does happen And yes. if the worst come to the worst And Bruno left us There's no need to go out and buy a black suit <laughs> in morning, you can recover from it. Yes. I mean, we haven't got a history of that. When we sold Waddle Beardsley and in, in Gascoigne, we got relegated because we had as much idea as a you know, it was a nonsense. Yeah. We weren't ambitious enough. If you are ambitious enough and you've got the financial, yeah. level, you can do something about it. Bottom line, I hope Bruno stays. I hope we we'll win everything. From the Northumberland Senior Cup to the Champions League, and we're all as happy as little people that uh, live in pigsties.
0: <laughs> Good stuff. Okay, uh, we are coming towards the last fifteen minutes of the program. As I say, this is a pre-record, so uh, we are looking ahead to two games. Uh, the first being Newcastle United against Arsenal uh, on Saturday, the fourth of November, five thirty kickoff, live on Sky. Uh, I often joke about this one being the Malcolm MacDonald Derby. Uh, Two great clubs playing each other. And uh, this is a huge game for Newcastle United because this is against one of what you would consider now their rivals. For years under Mike Ashley, we were at the bottom and we'd be looking at the likes of Bournemouth or Crystal Palace or uh, Everton, um, you know, and saying that's our rivals. Now it's Arsenal, Man City, Manchester United, Liverpool, Spurs, Brighton. Uh, You know, we're looking at the top end of the table. This is a huge game, Malcolm, and obviously because we're pre-recording this so early, we don't know how Newcastle United got on at Wolves. Um, but uh, this this is a big game regardless, isn't it, Mal? Because it's, it's yeah. against Arsenal. Newcastle as well, the, the ground, the fans, the team in, in the last couple of years, certainly under Eddie Howe, have raised their game against the big guns. They have.
1: They have, without any doubt. Uh, but this is going to be a huge challenge for Newcastle United. Um, and uh, at full strength they can give anybody a game but of course uh, at the moment uh, there are injury problems but um but the football that arsenal are playing at the moment is absolutely wonderful to watch it really is that um, the movement and, and and the manager um he's uh, you think can they get any better? And he he's made it happen very very quickly with Arsenal. But they are uh, they were good last season. They're even better this season, and they'll probably be even better again um, the following season. Um, they are a team who are well and truly on the up, and they are seriously looking at challenging uh, Manchester City. What what is immediately ahead, guys,
2: for Newcastle United, is two of the toughest matches of the season: home to Arsenal and away in the mm. Champions League return against Borussia Dortmund. Yes, they are phenomenally tough matches. And mm. now take the Arsenal game, Newcastle at home in the Premier League, only get. Since Eddie Howe arrived, they've only been beaten by the quality. I think there's only Manchester City, Liverpool, and Arsenal. Uh, they live in Liverpool more than once, but they're the only clubs to have won at St James's Park in the Premier League. So that's what we're up against. However, this season, you know, we've got to be careful. This season, we've lost twice at home to quality. And that was mm. Liverpool, albeit a bit flukish or. Suicidal from our point of view, with eleven men against ten, and, yes, yeah. and we we'll lose two-one. Yeah, in the last but, ten minutes. Yeah, we lost. We lost at home way. to Liverpool. We lost at home to Liverpool, and we lost at home to Borussia Dortmund already this season, which we're not used to in this mm. current regime. So you know, another another defeat against Arsenal is unthinkable. Really, that we can go into the beginning of November and have three major. Home defeats um, mm. in the season, and you know we've got to fight strongly against that happening, and we've got to go straight on from that game to play the Borussia Dortmund away, having lost to them at home. So they're two mighty hurdles. They're not just like flipping over the 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 privet hedge in the back garden. It's jumping over Beecher's mm. pool twice. Um, so it's going to be a test of us, and. Of course we can't look into it in too much detail uh, at this stage of life, pre-recording, because we have absolutely no idea what the the situation will be in terms of injuries. We know some of the long-term injuries won't be back, but any new injuries, any extra suspensions, etc. So the, the waters will be muddied, but maybe... Just maybe they might be muddied a little bit for Arsenal and for for Dortmund as well if they suffer any injuries. So let's wait and see. But regardless of what teams are put out, they're two monumental matches for Newcastle, aren't they? I mean, home to Arsenal and away to Dortmund. Now, after we lost to Dortmund the last time, our next five games up to the international break, four were away, and the one at home was Arsenal. What, what sort of challenge is that? That is mm. a challenge in half. Four away games plus Arsenal at yes. home. That's, I mean, Arsenal at home is harder than some of the away games mm. Um, mm. because that's how good Arsenal are. So, it's going to be a test of us. We already knew that, um, that this season would be that. What we didn't expect was to carry as many players unavailable at one given time as we've had recently. Yeah. So, it is a test come january the load can be lightened because we can go in the market no club buys a shed load of players in january and newcastle won't but they will cover situations like Tenali, probably on loan you know we've talked about getting the 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 ex-wolves guy that's out in saudi nevis uh, who is out there and um, Is ironically with the same, with a club owned by the same people as we own. So surely, if we can't do it in our hour, (laughs) if we can't do a loan deal with them, we can't do a loan deal with anybody. I mean, can I ask you the question? If we have two chances of a loan deal, and one is with a Saudi club for for the, the, the ex Wolves guy who is owned by our owners. And the other is with Manchester City for Calvin Phillips. And Manchester City look at us as being rivals for the title. Which club do you think would allow us to take a, a non-load player? <laughs> and the answer is not Manchester City.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> okay, predictions for the Arsenal game, lads. Malcolm, were you first?
1: Well, I, yeah, I think this is going to be a really tight one, um, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to go uh, one each.
0: Okay, 1-1.
2: John? From a long, long distance and trying to second-guess so much it's untrue, um, I think it will be very, very tough for us to win and the reason I say that is because we won't have our full side out. If I could Mm -hmm. guarantee the full side out, I would take us to sneak it by a goal. As it is, I'll settle for a home draw. I'll not often settle for a home draw because at home I want us to win. But I would take a draw at home to Arsenal if we could put our full team out, and that's Botman and um, and Barnes on the bench are in the team, and that's that's uh, Isaac and Wilson and and the midfield and long Longstaff being uh, physically fit and
1: Joe. Yes, yes. illness free.
2: Yeah, and 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 Joe mm. Linton got his bounce in in. Power back Then I could see us winning As it is Looking at long distance I'll settle for home door And you will not hear me say that Too often this season
1: No
0: Okay Newcastle United Then take on Dortmund uh, Borussia Dortmund Tuesday the 7th of November uh, 6.45 kickoff, off uh, Live on TNT Champions League week 4 Um this one, uh, Malcolm. You know, Newcastle. I think learned valuable lessons in that Dortmund game. I think that uh, they were they were a tad unlucky. They hit the bar a couple of times. Um, I think a draw would have been a fair result. I don't think they played well in the first half. Second half, I thought they deserved something out of it. Um, but going to Dortmund, the Yellow Wall and all, it's a tough, tough ask. This is a real test of our Champions League credentials, isn't it?
1: It certainly is. Yes, and it's it's a. A challenge to each individual player's character um, and ambition um, as to how, how they, how he gets into the into the game and uh, uh, and what he shows. Uh, I, I really do feel that um, uh, that the challenge of the Champions League, I think, is opening a lot of eyes. On, on time side as to just how um, tough it really is the uh, play, uh, the, the match midweek against um, Dortmund um that i really felt that Newcastle were almost embarrassed by by the the um German football that was played in the first half but what really did encourage me was, was how Newcastle got right back into the game and uh, and it was only the woodwork that prevented them from from getting at least a draw um if, if not winning it uh and uh, it, it, they they put the germans under under pressure as, as the game went on but the woodwork stopped them um so yeah i i, I have faith in this side that they they can take a bit of a footballing lesson in the first half, but, uh, uh, but um, the half-time changes it around for Newcastle and they come out uh, really fighting. And, I, and I, I was pleased with the second-half performance, just not pleased that, it, that that the ball didn't find the net.
2: I mean, the interesting thing about this return game is that if there would have been a whole new complexion on the thing had we got a point. Out of Dortmund Mm -hmm. because it would have prevented them They would have lost two points Mm -hmm. If we got a point, they would have lost two points The way things stand Paris Saint-Germain are top Dortmund are second They've got same points as us But an inferior goal difference And that is because placings If you're on level points Go on the head-to-head results And Dortmund have beaten us So So in other words, if it goes right to the end of the season And Dortmund and I and us are on the same points Dortmund would qualify ahead of us If they have, because they've beaten us here If we then draw out there We've got to beat them out there To to even up the the head-to-head situation So they've got a huge advantage having one here to start with Because... This is almost a must-win situation for us, as it was for them in the last game, because of the head-to-head situation, whereby they they finish above us. You look at the table now, we are in the Europa League place, but we've got a better record than Dortmund have, because the goal's phone against is 4-1, and and Dortmund Mm -hmm. is, I think, on the negative side, it's 1-2. Um, But they're ahead of us on the head-to-head And of course this counts in the head-to-head as well So if we draw out there They're still ahead of us on the head-to-head Because they've beaten us and drawn with us And we've lost to them and drawn with them So it is a massive That result We still don't fully realise yet Because we say we're only halfway through There's only three to six Mm -hmm. games We don't realise how costly that result could be And forget performance Result that result can be hugely costly with two away games to come and one at home. We've got to get something out of Dortmund, to mm. be truthful. And that will be massively difficult.
0: Okay, time for your predictions on the next Champions League game. So Malcolm we'll go with you first.
1: Uh yeah, it, it which I wish I knew what Kind of a side we were able to put out <laughs> tough <laughs> when you don't know, isn't it? Tough yeah, when you don't know, it is very tough. Um, and I, in all honesty, um, having now watched AC Milan, um, PSG, followed by Dortmund on Wednesday, I think Dortmund are the best side of the three. I was so impressed with them and. The whole way in which they went about the game, their positioning, their movement, their pace, uh, 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 the, the, the accuracy of their passing, the, the movement was—it was, was wonderful to watch. And I—I I think they are the best side that I've seen in in, in the in our little league. So, uh, how are they how are Newcastle going to do over there? Mm. I, if, as, as long as we don't keep hitting the woodwork I, 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 I'll take us for a draw and the reason why I'm saying that is because the one thing I don't think um, uh, the Germans are is prolific goal scorers I think that they, that they struggle to, to score a goal um, they don't make that many chances for all the wonderful football um, that they that they played, yep. and so because of that, I'm going to take Newcastle to um, to get a draw out there.
2: It's interesting you say that, Malcolm, because that's the result I'm going for, and I'm going for it with my heart as much as my head, because yeah. I can I can I do fear this game. I've got to be truthful. Mm -hmm. As an out-and-out jury who's so biased, I I felt we would beat them here prior to the game, I'm talking. I felt we would beat them here, and uh, we didn't. Um, And I think we're really up against it there. We could easily lose there, but we're stubborn. And we we went AC Milan. We didn't play well. We made certain they didn't We were dug it. We, we we made certain they didn't play well, yes. and and we got our point. And I, you know what, I'd settle for that again in Dortmund. Mm, I, I would settle for no no in Dortmund. Don't worry about that. I would say that as a very very good result for us. So I'm going for that as well. I I have got a fear, of course, in near the time I mightn't sleep too well on the night before. But um, <laughs> I have I have got a fear there. But um, I'm looking for a draw. And you know what it's a, Paris Saint-Germain are the favorites in the group And they were when the group was first drawn but I think we've got a better chance in Paris than we have in Dortmund.
1: Yes, I do. Yeah, very much so John.
0: Okay, uh, well I'm I'm going to go I'm going to go 1-1 for uh, Newcastle against Arsenal and I'm going to go 1-1 across in Dortmund.
2: And by the way, that's Newcastle not winning two games, but I would be absolutely thrilled to bits for those two results. Considering who we're playing In our current crisis uh, Mm. With team selection I would settle for those two draws Right now
0: Thanks everybody for sending in the questions Thanks to John and thanks to Malcolm For taking part in the show Until the next time, that's all from NUFC Matters Take care lads God bless you fellas
2: Take care guys